Hello there. This is episode four, but the fifth one recorded of The Logbook. I'm one of your hosts, John Patty, and I'm joined by my co-host, uh, James Robinson. James, I've been dying to ask you this week. When was the last time you rode a horse? I've never ridden a horse. <gasps> You're missing out on all the gallops and prancing. I mean, yeah, it's it's been a lifelong dream of mine, but it just hasn't been able to happen, you know? I'm, tr- I'm trying to picture equestrian James, like a yeah. horse-obsessed James. I really don't think that's something that's ever going to come to pass, but you know, all the, all the, all the horse collecting at the stables of breath of the wild didn't inspire you to go out there and that's that's something I just kind of fields hit the the pastures, (laughs) hit hit the stables, the hit the stables. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the equestrian lingo, right? (laughs) I guess. I mean, you're asking the wrong guy, but no, I mean, I, I think I'll just stick to horse riding and video games. I mean, yeah. I mean, cool. I, I, I did some pony riding when I was a kid, like the some petting zoo or something like that. It's pretty fun from what I remember, which is probably a false memory. I'm pretending I remember correctly. Uh, but anyways, we'll talk about false memories in another episode. Uh, this is the logbook <laughs> where two friends get together to talk about video games, and they just so happen to have found an excuse to record themselves doing so. Uh, when I alluded to the fact that this is the fourth episode being recorded, but the uh, uh, fourth episode, but the fifth one recorded. That's because we recorded a full episode last week and Zencaster uh, just crapped out on us or the Wi-Fi crapped out on us and the audio deleted. So there was no episode last week, which is very sad because it was centered around what we'll briefly touch on or what James will briefly touch on as our first news item, uh, just to show that we have some opinion on it and we know what happened. And that is ZeniMax Media being acquired by xbox james how about you take away with our very brief notes that uh we can recap i guess from the huge amount we talked about it last week yeah so we had the whole episode based around this we had a lot of discussion um but yeah basically zenimax media was purchased by microsoft for 7.5 billion dollars is that correct yep it's the second high second most expensive video game acquisition ever yeah, after um, Tencent purchasing Supercell. Supercell, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we talked about that last week. But um, Zenimax, for those who don't know, own uh, Bethesda, Arcane Studios, uh, ID Software, like all those kind of things, uh, which includes franchises like Doom, Fallout, Skyrim, or Elder Scrolls is the franchise, I guess. Um, uh dishonored things like that so yeah xbox owns all of that now and uh we uh we had a lot of discussion about what we thought that meant for the future of those properties and where they would end up i think both of us kind of agreed that some of them like we don't think that xbox is going to be wholly like exclusive for all of these i don't think uh maybe some timed exclusivity, but given the nature of their business strategy right now, which is kind of just, we don't care where you play it, just play it anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. Just so long as you're playing our games, uh, we think that they could still, like some games could still end up on PS5. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll just say very quickly, uh, a big question around it, obviously, when you acquire that much IP is how are you going to handle exclusivity when you put so much money into this new IP and yet a big part of your 
not rebranding, but sort of a refreshing period of your brand is to be so accessible and affordable in gaming. How do you sort of uh, compromise those two components? Uh, and to me, I, I do think there's going to be some leniency versus if Sony was to say acquire Bethesda, I think it would be they would just hog it up. By the way, nothing yeah, wrong with I that. Mean, You're paying their for right it. to. Yeah, exactly. That's their right to um, do that if they were to do that. But again, Microsoft's strategy is is very different to Sony's, as we we discussed that last week or yeah. two weeks ago in our uh, Xbox versus PlayStation discussion. Yeah, and I I do think there will be a lot of exclusive content. Like I I do think most things that these studios produce will be exclusive. However, mainly the one that I have not changed my mind, but I, I guess I'm more leaning towards that they will be exclusive on a lot of fronts. I just, I have a tough time believing, and again, this is the last thing I'll say, a tough time believing that the sixth entry in the Elder Scrolls will be entirely exclusive. At, at the very least, I think it'll be a timed exclusive, only because, especially when you consider the last game, which is the fifth entry in a, a long and established series, was Skyrim. You and your grandmother have heard of Skyrim. It's so ubiquitous at this point. And to suddenly cut people off and make it solely exclusive to one ecosystem, I I almost think it might be damaging to do that. Yeah, like you could play Skyrim on a fridge, but you can't play uh, Elder Scrolls <laughs> Six anywhere but your Xbox or PC. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I don't really think that that would be... I think that that's kind of leaving money on the table. I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess you could argue that it would bring a lot of people over to Xbox, but uh, it's hard yeah, to and say. That's why I think timed exclusivity, I think. Will yeah, I, I think there. they'll, there will be a lot of that for sure. I don't, I don't know if there'll be full, full exclusivity, but also thing to note is that any deals, existing deals that Bethesda had, or any of those companies had with PlayStation exclusivity, like the upcoming Deathloop, that's still going to be a PS5 exclusive mm -hmm. or exclusive launch window, at least. Um, I think there was another one, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, so those deals are still intact, but uh, yeah. we probably would see them once they get the rights back. We'd probably see them on a, on an Xbox console down the line, similar to how... Um, Sunset Overdrive, I think, is now on, now available on PlayStation because they bought Insomniac. I believe mm -hmm. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure on that, but I think that's the case. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, anyways, with with frowning faces, we say that is merely just a glimpse of our thoughts that we uh, let out into the ether last week on this. Uh, maybe we'll bring it up at length once these games start rolling out at a later point. But for now. Uh, you could go check out all the other kinds of content and, and and talk about this that a lot of people have put out by now. And you've probably heard about by now. But the second news item we want to discuss is the fact that there is a big Pokemon news this week uh, that we've been waiting for, which is news on the second part of the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass. And that is the Crown Tundra content. James, when's the Crown Tundra coming out? Uh, Crown Tundra is coming out on October 22nd. It includes... All legendary Pokemon from the mainline series. All? Mm -hmm. Most. Most. All. I think. I think they said all. They did say all. Okay. I'm pretty sure they said all. I'll, I'll Google that while you talk, though. Okay. <laughs> so all Pokemon from the... All legendary Pokemon from the mainline series, as well as uh, a new mode where you can uh, explore uh, 
Dynamax nests. I think that's what they're referred to as. Um, uh, it's a whole new section of the map, pretty expansive uh, ice themed worlds. Um, and they're adding about, I don't know the exact number of Pokemon, but I think in total between the two expansions, they added like another 200 Pokemon to the 400 that were already in Sword and Shield. Uh, you and don't... in those added Pokemon, I'll just quickly jump in here to both confirm the fact and and talk about those added Pokemon quickly. I'll just read this blurb from Bulbapedia very quickly. Uh, yes, all legendary Pokemon from previous generations can be found in the Crown Tundra. In addition, as, as James was saying with new Pokemon, five new legendaries have been revealed. Two of these Pokemon are new legendary, uh, legendary Titans. Uh, so like the Reggie's Pokemon, if you remember right. from uh, Generation yeah. 3. Yeah, there's Reggie, uh, Reggie Electric Reggie Lecky, and a Dragon one. Yeah. And Reggie Drago. Right, yes. Uh, while the other three are just regional forms of the legendary birds, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. Yeah, I love all those designs. I think they look awesome. And it's cool to have the Galarian forms of the uh, the birds and, and have a new trio. So I think it was like Fighting, Psychic, and Dark trio which mm-hmm. I think is pretty awesome. They got their own exclusive moves, I think. Um, and yeah, the new Reggies look really cool too. Yeah. So sorry to jump in there quickly. It was just a natural uh, point of, especially since I was looking up the confirmation and they talked about some of those new legendaries, but James, what do you think of uh, how, at least from what we know and can see of in this, in this reveal, how do you think this is going to stack up against the uh, Isle of Armor that came out in June? Uh, well, to be honest, I didn't actually play the Isle of Armor one. I have not finished it. <laughs> okay, so hopefully better than that. Then. Yeah, no, it I, wasn't I kind necessarily... of go on, go on. I was going to say it wasn't necessarily bad. I just I don't know. I found myself wanting to explore the Isle of Armor and catch all these new Pokemon coming back versus doing the story. I I. I Okay. I can't even say if the story was good or bad because I just, nothing was pulling me towards it. So I guess that's a bad sign. Right. Uh, but I don't want to let that anyone hearing this deter them from playing it. It's just personally, I was more interested in exploring the island, catching the Pokemon. So I didn't get to finish it. I think I was kind of waiting for, for this one to come out um, so that I could kind of play a big chunk of Pokemon at the mm-hmm. same time again. But to be honest, I may have burnt myself out on Sword and Shield, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right away. I might wait a little longer because uh, I did go for I did go for all uh, 400 Pokemon. I caught them all. First time I've ever done that in a game, so I didn't care that there was not a full national dex because mm-hmm. I was actually able to catch them all this time. And you're um, also not a petulant child. That too, yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty big check mark in my favor, I think. Yeah, so I I wasn't uh, like I like the fact that they're doing this uh, these expansions because like you don't have to buy a whole new game for not much new content, but like they're actually doing a good job. It looks like of adding substantial content. Like even though the story in the Isle of Armor was probably only like an hour or two, it's mm-hmm. still a whole new area to explore and a whole hundred other pokemon to catch and then same with this one i think it's an even bigger area they're adding even more to the lore of of the world and and story and new modes and all that stuff so i think it was a great move by them 
and um like i'm happy for everyone who is actually going to play them i'm still undecided but yeah yeah um and it seems as though and actually it was even confirmed when the entire expansion pass was revealed uh, I will say from my experience with the Isle of Armor and what will continue into the Crown Tundra is that the way your exploration functions within these new zones is that uh, as opposed to the kind of mix of the wild area along with the set linear zones that are in the main Sword and Shield game, this pretty much the entire zone is all in that open world style of the wild area. And to me, in the in the Isle of Armor... Uh, it, 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 it's like an improved version of the wild area to me. I thought there was a lot more geographical diversity and, and interesting things in terms of how you moved around and what you saw. So I definitely hope the crown tundra uh, continues and gets even better in that area. Yeah, I did hear that. And I kind of hope that that's the direction that they're going to move in for the future. Cause if they can mm-hmm. make, if they can move away from the like static camera of the roots and make everything like the wild area or like the Isle of Armor or the Crown Tundra, that would be great. I think if they could kind of let the series evolve a little more than it did, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last thing to note for this is that they also announced a physical edition of uh, Sword and Shield that were packaged with the expansion pass that are releasing on November 6th. And uh, all of that will be on the cartridge, so you don't need any extra download. And uh, let me just check how much that retails for. I believe it's an extra $20 on top of... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's that's the going, which is going right great, here. Which is a great deal. It is. And I mean, especially if you're you know, kind of like James, actually, and you, you didn't dive into the Isle of Armor right away. You didn't pre-order that expansion pass immediately. If you if you kind of wait for Crown Tundra to come out and you let all the, the reviews and the impressions and the experience of others sort of soak in, you might say, hey, I, I want to dive into this. And this is such a convenient package for you uh, if you are one of those people who waits to, to have that confirmation of quality, you know, so. Uh, definitely a good move on their part. And it makes sense because November 6th is about a year after Sword and Shield's initial release in 2019. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they'll do another expansion pass. We'll see. Uh, it could just be this is a good transition uh, between generations as a whole. Or maybe if they do it, if they do do another expansion pass, I think it'll be interesting to talk about how long the lifespan of new Pokemon games will be, but that's going to be for another episode. Probably mm-hmm. um, James, any confirmation uh, on the stories? So or? I was way off because it's uh, an extra $40 <laughs> instead of an extra. Okay. 20. So maybe yeah, not, as good, good, maybe not as good a deal. Cause that's the price of the expansion pass. But I mean, yeah. just having it all in one place is nice. And uh, mm-hmm. like for those who don't have it already. Um, yeah. So yeah that. i that's that's still a good uh it's a good deal on, on the convenience side of things not necessarily for your wallet but it ends up being the same anyway so who cares yeah exactly uh just one final note you you mentioned the what pokemon's going to look like in the future um and we can discuss this later but it is worth noting that next year is their 25th anniversary so we could see oh. something maybe for that i don't think a new gen would be started yet but give me give me gen 4 remasters yeah maybe remakes we'll that it's yeah, entirely possible. So yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens there. 
And in more Nintendo news, a much bigger reveal, much more not shocking, but uh, kind of like an oh my god, they actually did it moment. It's my James, exact reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so what, we, what happened uh, yesterday morning? <laughs> uh, so we got uh, told by Nintendo that there would be a Smash Mr. Sakurai presents a uh, new Smash Fighter on yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was going to be a three minute trailer with a message from Sakurai afterwards. And uh, yeah, the trailer started Mario fighting off uh, Sonic, Terry, bunch of other third party characters, gets punched in the face by Sonic into a black, dark area. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these creatures surrounding him. I had no idea where this was going. And then the wall cracks open and it's Minecraft Steve. (laughs) It is indeed. And I, I later found out upon watching people's reactions, because that's one of my favorite things is watching people's reactions. Yeah, I like doing that too. Um, is if you are a Minecraft fan, I have never played Minecraft. Me I, I To me, I, I love I love the idea of Minecraft, respect the hell out of it. It's such an important game. Just never interested me personally. But if you are a Minecraft fan, you probably would have noticed that the creatures I think were bats. And also there was a, a distinct spider sound and like an audio cue that people recognized. Yeah. So I heard, for I heard some people saying it was either like Minecraft or a Sculptula from Zelda. So it's like, it's probably yeah. not Sculptula. So yeah. And also it cracked me up because I actually did know this sort of audio design choice on uh, Minecraft. I, I kind of cracked up when, um, cause it starts zooming in on the wall. All right. Who's going to break down through the wall. And it's just this really delicate, muted <laughs> sound of of him of the pickaxe hitting and cracking through this stone wall. It is the most just delicate. Like I thought it was gonna be like boom crash, and then somebody in slow motion jumping through to attack Mario, and that's the character we're gonna reveal. And then it was like poof, Steve from Minecraft. That just that made me that as soon as I saw that little square head poke through, I went, oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, that was like I I just as you hear so much discussion about like, you know, character predictions and everything. And people have brought up Steve before. I just like I understand that it's like a obviously Minecraft is one of the best selling games of all time. It's it is huge. the best selling game best of all time. time. I found yeah. out. Yep. Yeah, so like, of course it's going to be in Smash. It's on the Switch. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of representation on the Switch. So of course it's going to be in Smash. But you just don't think about that. Like, I didn't think about that because it's like kind of a, a blank slate character. Like, it's just, it's Steve. Like, <laughs> it's just so, yeah. it's so funny. It's just a guy named Steve. <laughs> but I will I, say, though, it. it it is just a guy named Steve. However, I will say, I think it was, or I'm not saying they're the first in the world to point it out, but the first person I saw pointed out, uh, I think it was Andre from Game Explain. Technically, Steve, uh, the, the entry of Steve makes it the first uh, black character to be put in Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm glad. Which is cool. I thought that was a ni- nice little, nice little tidbit. Notice, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got Steve. And a few palette swaps. So there's Alex and a zombie and Enderman. I can't explain any of these to you, but uh, they're Minecraft related. I know that the zombie has a, I, I'm pretty sure the zombie has a different name. I'm just, I'm forgetting it. 
it, it no, starts they with just a called G. it zombie. They just called it really? zombie. Yeah. What are the green guys? The green guys that green eat? guys are creepers. Creeper. It wasn't a creeper. That. It wasn't a creeper. No. Oh, I thought it was. A, they look okay, kind that's, of the creepers. Yeah. The creepers are in the final smash. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody listening to this, I was born in the year 2000 is probably like, how do you guys not know what they're called? I don't know. Or at least to me, you know, I, I just, I feel so silly for not knowing, knowing less than the bare minimum about the best selling game in history. It feels I know, so it's kind of crazy. Me. I'm in the same boat. My brother's actually playing a lot of Minecraft. So he, I told him about this. He's just started playing smash too. So I told him and he was like, his first reaction was what? why <laughs> why is he in smash and then i sent him the trailer and he watched it he's like i take that back he looks freaking awesome yeah well that's great transition is the stages and the music the presentation of this this completely different art style and aesthetic to me i always thought i never it was never a diss to minecraft i always thought steve wouldn't be in smash only because i didn't think they could pull off the implementation but they it seems like they have they absolutely very do. well i think it looks great like he he looks he does stand out obviously but like i think everybody in their own way stands out a bit like snake stands yeah. out about above everyone else like every other humanoid because he's the most humanoid mm-hmm. basically like stuff yeah. like that so it's not i think for smash like anyone can fit in doesn't really matter what they look like that's true. I mean, Game and Watch, the two D exactly. thing, right? Yeah, it serves me right for serves me right forever. Their sprite moves, their sprite based moves and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. that's that's what I get forever doubting Daddy Sakurai. Honestly, it's like yeah. how could I? Why? Why? Why did I ever have a shred of a doubt? I don't understand. Never but... doubt Daddy. Like he knows <laughs> best. Okay. <laughs> oh God. But the stages look fantastic. Oh, what are, what are some of the core mechanics that we were able to? First of all, by the way, an actual playthrough demonstration is happening uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, right? October third. Yes, tomorrow. Yes. Uh, it's ahead of uh, Minecon, Minecraft, the Minecraft convention. That makes sense. Minecraft okay. Live, I think it's called. Yeah. So, but, uh, before before that, though, what were we able to see in terms of core mechanics or play style? Uh, so we saw him. Uh, building blocks uh, like below him. And I think you could go vertically and horizontally, I think. Mm -hmm. And basically I think the way the blocks are going to work is you can see them kind of deteriorate deteriorating um, like shortly after they get built. So they're not going to last very long. Uh, They'll kind of go away pretty quickly, but that's like a core Minecraft thing. So of course that's going to be implemented in there. And it's pretty cool that they managed to do it seemingly in an organic way. Uh, It looked like there was some, some sort of crafting mechanic because you see different versions of his weapons all throughout Mm -hmm. trailer. Um, And I've, I've watched a couple of videos like breaking down the, the trailer and everything and it was pointed out by game explain that uh like there's an actual crafting table and you can like you can mine for materials and it looks like you're using those materials to improve your own weapons and stuff so it just seems like they're like of course they're taking the, the basics of the character and or the basics of the game and implementing it like they never fail to do that in the smash team they always implement these things so well 
So it's no surprise that they're doing that with Minecraft as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that was the reveal for the the, for the uh, second fighter in the second expansion pass, the fi- second fighters pass. Uh, we've got four more to go, and again, uh, for uh, play demonstration and also the reveal, uh, sorry, the release date of Steve in Minecraft. Uh, that's going to be happening tomorrow on October third. Well, uh, we're assuming Sakurai. the release date. I'm not. That's, yeah, that's I, I, I think that, like I think at this point they kind of. Like if they're doing yeah. two presentations without a release date, then yeah, they, they that would be happen. weird. Um, so yeah. that's going to happen. But this exciting news, because new Smash characters uh, are always exciting, spawned this week's primary conversation, and that is yeah. uh, Smash Bros. predictions for the remaining fighters in this pass. Yeah. So I like I figured it's a fun thing. We've talked about this on our own before, but like it's a fun well, thing to everybody talk does. about. <laughs> everybody does, of course. And I figure that t- the clock is kind of ticking on when we can reasonably talk about this in the podcast so i figured mm-hmm. we should do it now um exactly yeah so yeah no better time than now so yeah we're basically going to go through uh characters that we want and then characters that we expect they could cross over they could, they could they're, they're not mutually exclusive but yeah uh just a way to divide up our thoughts and sort of organize this conversation instead of just spouting off random jargon and predictions here and there yeah, exactly. So I think so we're gonna. Start what's the out... first fighter? What's the first fighter you want, James? Okay, so we're starting with wants. Uh, I think yeah, you well. and I have the first similar first ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both of us, I think, want a new Legend of Zelda rep. Yep. Uh, I would like it to be Impa personally, uh, because Impa is one of the characters. I think she's the character that appears the most in the series outside of uh, Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf. Mm-hmm. So how she's not already in here is kind of ridiculous. And we haven't had, really, we haven't had a new Smash character since Melee because like, I don't really count Toon Link. It was a replacement for Young Link. They played mm-hmm. pretty similarly. But even if you do count him, it's been over 10 years since Brawl. Yeah. So over 10 years since we've had a new Zelda rep. And like as one of Nintendo's flagship series, you're really just going to leave it at three versions of Link, Zelda, Sheik, and and Ganondorf. Like they can do so much better than that. Zelda has so many great characters. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And on that note of Zelda having great characters, mine's similar because I also want a new Zelda rep. Uh, I have for this has been one of my want picks for a very long time, uh, and I think. <sighs> I don't expect it, but it would fit because there has been a theme of impl- when implementing new characters uh, for the core game and then also in the, the, the DLC packs, there seems to be so- a little bit of an increase for villains, you know, for, for villain representation from different franchises. And yeah. if there's any uh, any franchise that could do with another uh, villain thrown in there, it would be Zelda. And I think Skull Kid would be the pick there. Uh, I mainly pick Skull Kid because I think he's one of the most fascinating characters or uh, villains in the Legend of Zelda franchise. And also, I and I say this with intrigue, actually, I feel like there's so much you could do from a fighting style and mechanic standpoint, and yet I have no idea what it would be, like what they would go with. Well, we see and, him. He is in Smash already as an assist trophy, in case yeah, you Yeah, that's, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm not saying anything about like, oh, being an assist trophy or spirit discounts being a character. Like there's no hard and fast rule there. You don't know. They can do whatever they want. So that's, we're not going to say anything like that. Um, But yeah, like he could do things like, like I'm sure he could have, you know, throw the moon down as his final smash, which is also an assist trophy, but that'd be very cool. Like you could do something like that. You could do stuff with uh, like, he could maybe he could wear other masks or something like i don't know you could do you could do yeah. a lot of different things with it and uh, as for so, Impa, i didn't i guess i didn't actually say like how i thought she would play but i think based on the uh, hyrule warriors age of calamity footage that we saw recently mm-hmm. um she could be more interesting than just another ninja like she wouldn't just be yes chic yeah. again like you could do so many different things with with the cloning that they showed off in that game or yeah. just like you could, t- I don't know any version of her that you take, or you can mash up a bunch of different versions of her would be pretty interesting. Like you could do something with, uh, I don't know. She didn't actually do that much in Ocarina of Time really, but um, yeah. Uh, horse ride with Zelda. <laughs> yeah. She could um, do that. Throw it Ocarina. <laughs> um, I, I will song. say, just quickly before I, I I move on to your next want character, just two things on Impa. Uh, even though we're not talking about who we expect yet, of the two Zelda representative options, I do think Impa is far more likely uh, because of the fact that it would pro. I assume it would be the young Impa design, which from the upcoming game Age of Calamity that's coming out in November. And if that's the case, we could get more further ideas for mechanics and a moveset, in, in which case, if she is being made, Sakurai already knows this, but uh, it would give us a better idea as the public. And also, after the game's already come out and you release Young Impa, it's just more marketing for the game that you want to continue to sell copies for. So it's it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it would be a cool addition. And it's more, uh, more female representation on the cast, which I think mm-hmm. Smash desperately needs. Um, yes. But yeah, I think I think that would be a good choice. Uh, so we're going to do my next want. Yep. 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 OK. Uh, maybe I mentioned this before, uh, but one of my biggest wants I've been asking for this for years now is uh, Rayman. I think mm-hmm. Rayman is in my eyes. He's another icon like he's another one that stands against like, you know, your Mario's and Sonic's obviously not quite as popular, but I, I grew up with some of his games and me too. Yeah. Played uh, Rayman legends recently, which was a fantastic platformer. Um, I really want Ubisoft to do another one of those games. That would be fantastic. But yeah, I think Rayman would fit into smash really, really well. Uh, you could do a lot with his, uh, his punches. He, he could have this helicopter hair for a recovery. Uh, you could do stuff with like, the plums like because he jumped plums are kind of a big part of rayman in terms of platforming they like bounce around and stuff Mm -hmm. um i just think with all the games he's been in there's there's a lot you could do for a moveset and i think he would be he would be a really fun addition maybe not anything super unique mechanically like a lot of the characters that have been added in the fighter pass have had something really special and different about them so maybe rayman's not Mm -hmm. the kind that would fit like that but i still think he would be fun uh and i do want to say 
again, I, I I don't expect him. I would love to see Rayman in there. I think I don't really choice. expect him either, to be honest. But, but if you had to find evidence towards him likely being in the game, there is precedent that has been set for Rayman being in a third party sort of, or maybe not third party. I think it might be Ubisoft owned, but either way, in a 2D platform stage-based fighter game in Brawlhalla. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, so there, there is some precedence in there. Have you heard anything about that game? I haven't actually. I know he's in it, but I haven't actually heard anything about it. Uh, in what in what sense? Like if if uh, like if it's like how good. he plays or yeah, or I, if I've it's heard it's pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah, I haven't okay. heard anything bad about the game per se, but okay. uh, a lot cool. of people do like Rayman because it's freaking Rayman and he's yeah, in a fighting game. Uh, yeah. So that's I guess I guess a good thing to hold on to for hope. <laughs> Yeah, like I saw someone pointing out like, oh, Rayman wouldn't be in Smash. He's already in Brawlhalla. Like, what the hell does that mean? Like, so like, what? <laughs> no offense to no offense to Brawlhalla, but if we're talking about Daddy Sakurai here. Come on. <laughs> yeah, sit, but sit, like sit also down, just because down. just because a character's in one game doesn't mean they can't be in another. Like <laughs> which if you want proof of that, Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's that's just know. a goofy argument. Goofy it's argument. Ridiculous. Yeah, like, oh, Ryu um, was in Street Fighter. He can't be in Smash. <laughs> so I would absolutely love to see Rayman. I totally agree on that. As far as my next character for wants, I, I will say, and again, these two lists are not mutually exclusive. I want this, and I I do think there is a very good chance it will be one of the uh, four remaining fighters uh, in there. And that is some kind of Xenoblade representative, probably from Xenoblade 2. Uh if it is Rex, I would prefer it's not just Rex by himself, because if you've played Xenoblade 2, uh, he is very annoying, I find. Um, but <laughs> to, to have some sort of in tandem combo with Pyra or Mithra or both of them uh, in the Aegis Blade would be so cool. I think there's a ton of potential there in terms of the mechanics and, and, the, and creating a, a pretty unique combat style. Uh, and there's already some precedent set uh, with another xenoblade rep which is shulk and the way that the monado blade works in terms of switching up the different abilities on the monado blade i definitely think you could implement something like that with uh, pyra and mithra uh so that is both why i want and why i think uh, as well that um a xenoblade 2 rep of some kind will be in uh smash brothers at some point yeah that's that's totally fair that's spoiler alert that's one of my expectations uh I'm mainly saying that I'll just get that out of the way now because I mainly yeah, say it. that because uh, that's one of the characters Sakurai said he wanted to put in the game but didn't have time for because the game like Xenoblade mm -hmm. 2 was released too late in the development cycle of, of Smash Bros. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised that he wasn't in the first character pack to be honest or rex and pyra i would expect rex mm -hmm. and pyra as well even though i haven't played the game i've just heard so many things about how it works and having just rex on his own doesn't seem like it would make much sense yeah no um but yeah also like xenoblade is blowing up right now it's it's huge uh, uh the definitive edition of the first one came out earlier this year i think it Which sold over awesome. a million copies i think it sold over a million copies already like each mm -hmm. of the game has sold each of the games has sold over a million and um yeah I, I i kind of expect more xenoblade yeah 
And to me, Monolith Soft is probably one of my favorite components uh, within all of Nintendo right now. I absolutely adore Xenoblade 2. It's one of my favorite they've got games their on the hands Switch. On, they've got their hands on everything. Like they're working yeah. on Zelda and stuff too. Like yeah, they're, they play, they're they played a, a great asset to Nintendo. They played a massive role in what is, I will say, most likely my favorite game of all time in Breath of the Wild, yeah. uh, which we'll discuss in another episode, I'm sure. Um, uh, they, they made Xenoblade 2, which is one of my favorite games on the Switch. I put hundreds of hours into that game. I've put a good chunk into Xenoblade Definitive Edition, but I've got I'm bouncing off the walls with all different kinds of games. So I have to revisit that. But I just love what they do. I love their writing. I love their approach to action RPGs or uh, it's kind of turn based. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's it, again, that that's a testament to how unique their combat systems are. Um, and they've got a new IP coming down the pipeline that just like, it sounds so cool. We haven't seen anything. Monolith soft is deserving of another representative. And I want and do think there will be a rep coming soon. I agree. Uh, okay, so my turn for a want or yours? Yeah, it's yours. Okay, so my next one, uh, another one that I've been asking for for a very long time that I don't think is likely at all, but uh, <laughs> it is Lloyd Irving from Tales of Symphonia. Well, that I would love as well. was one of my favorite games growing up, uh, and Lloyd is just such a fun character. Um, he's another anime swordsman, but like he has two. Well, of them, so is so Steve. Kind of James. So is Steve. <laughs> Steve is anime. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he's like animated and has a sword. He's an anime sword fighter. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, there's, there's just a lot of memes about that when it came out and I loved it. No, Anyways, I, continue. I thought that was, yeah, I think I saw some of those too, but yeah, Lloyd yeah. is, uh, he's just such a fun character i think his moveset would be really easy to make like he's got all his arts from from tales of symphonia mm-hmm. the fact that 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 franchise is pretty big and yeah. it's it's and bando namkai is Nam, namco bandai is bandai uh, namco god damn it bandai namco <laughs> <laughs> it's is uh like co-developer of smash bros and they only have yeah. do they only have pac-man in there what else do they have in the game uh, okay as far as fighters goes i'm sure they have yeah. other content well they have like the, I, the galaga thing and the yeah i guess it i guess it would be pac-man just have pac-man as a fighter but like not tails like not your one of your biggest uh yeah. franchises and so, which yeah, is I this think... year this year or next year is also celebrating its its 25th anniversary if i'm correct 20th or 25th i think yeah um, so uh, I, I'm I'm mainly saying Lloyd because he was on GameCube. Uh, Tales of Symphonia was released on GameCube first, I think. Uh, and there haven't been well, there have been now, but there hadn't been that many Tales games on Nintendo platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Lloyd is one of my favorites. However, if there were to be a Tales rep, I think more likely it would be uh yuri from tales of vesperia because i think yeah. tales of vesperia is one of the most if not the most popular uh entry in the franchise For and sure. i think yuri is one of the fan favorites um i think both of them would be really interesting i just think lloyd has a little more potential to be unique because he has two swords that's really all that makes him different <laughs> <than Yuri. laughs> 
<laughs> double the blades, double the personality. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the rule. That's a golden rule, man. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't see that happening, but I would, I would love it if it did. I, I wholeheartedly agree on both fronts. I, I love Tales of Sephoria as well. In fact, it's the only Tales game I've fully beaten. Like it's the, that I played all the way through. Uh, one of my favorite games on the GameCube, one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. And Lloyd, yes, because of his dual wielding blades would be fantastic. And I, I do agree on the second front, like I said, that it, he won't get in. However, if somehow he were to get in, it wouldn't be the craziest entry in the series. I mean, we have niche picks. We have your Robs, your Game & Watches, your now Terry in the first Fighter Pass. Yeah. Uh, there's there's history pieces and there are niche picks and it's all, it's it, they come in tandem from Sakurai and what Nintendo wants. And, you know, it's like Tails does have a big presence on, in Nintendo and it's it's a little bit niche, but only really to the Northern uh, North American market. And there's there's potential. So it's not the craziest thing in the world, but it is still unlikely, I believe. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. I just, I just, on the topic of, uh Bandai Namco. I just thought like their other big series is Soul Calibur. We haven't had a Soul Calibur character in Smash crossover. I think that's a little weird too, actually. Yeah, I, I was just I guess thinking that, that Lloyd I was just thinking though. Lloyd appeared in a Soul Calibur game on Wii. It was pretty bad, but he was in it. Are you serious? I did not know that. No? Soul Calibur Legends oh on my Wii. God. Yeah. It wasn't a great Are game. Are you kidding me? But he was in it. I have to check that out now. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so cool. I rented, I, I, it. I rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> I love Soul Calibur. I played like I think there's like three of the games I played hundreds of hours into. I played um, a lot of Soul me, Calibur too, but like, yeah, I think it's just kind of weird that I just that Bandai doesn't have more than Pac-Man. Yeah, you know? I, I guess because they're still going with Soul Calibur, maybe it makes sense because it is more of a direct competition in fighting games versus smash bros but even then not really we've seen like, that street really, fighter and stuff like yeah, that exactly. you know? yeah and yeah. uh yeah i mean what we'll, we'll see right i i think it could happen okay yeah um, your turn moving on <laughs> yeah 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 it's uh, my turn and uh my last one I, I i have a bonus one though that does go into my next in our next list of of, of expectations but i have a bonus last, that's just a bonus <laughs> My last official, my last official want that as far as getting into the game, I actually think is 50 50. I really think it's a coin toss as to whether they'll get in or not. I'm agreeing with you more and more on this as I think about it. It's not an absolute no, and it's definitely not an absolute yes. And that is the one and only from what I think is uh, the third best game of all time Halo Master Chief. Um, Master Chief, I have said even before there were inklings of, uh, you know, further expectations of uh, this representative coming into the game. I've always wanted Master Chief because you know what? We've we've got some gunplay already happening in Smash Brothers with Bayonetta and with Snake. Most likely Snake probably being the closest comparison from a aesthetic standpoint. Um, and Master Chief is he's the chief like everybody knows the chief he's the he's he is what mario is to nintendo he is to xbox and xbox has had a great relationship with nintendo he is an iconic part of video game history not because of not necessarily from a standard standpoint of like oh it's a great game so and it's influenced others so it's great but at it influenced a specific component 
of gaming, and that is really online gaming as we know it, specifically with first-person shooters, but the, the, the absolute phenomenon that is matchmaking in modern gaming, especially with shooter games, we owe almost everything to Halo. Halo 2 being the first one with that first introduction of Xbox Live on the original Xbox, and then improving upon that formula even more with Halo 3. It's just, it is a rich history. It is earned. And I will say, you know, with the entry of Minecraft Steve, and also in the last pass, Banjo-Kazooie, it's, it's, it's viable. In terms of that Microsoft relationship, it could, it could happen. Yeah, they're it really uh, Nintendo and Microsoft are really chummy these days. So I think mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. Uh, I think that I think a lot of people have been saying that the next big Microsoft and Nintendo thing would be to put like the Halo trilogy on the Switch, mm-hmm. or at least the first one, which would be kind of cool. That'd be pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't really know how he would play super uniquely. I'm have sure there's a lot you could do, and you're going to tell me exactly. I was going to make a joke uh, about you mentioned Mac matchmaking, so I was going to say, oh, is that going to be his main mechanic? But So from a protective standpoint, I'm starting there because there's a distinct item in the bubble shield uh, that you could find where you sort of place it down on the ground, and it creates a, a significant radius of shield around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there are shields in Smash Brothers, obviously, but potentially this is sort of like a boosted shield, kind of like what Shulk has uh, when you go to a certain uh, part of the Monado. You do get a boosted sort of bigger and more strong shield. You could have sort of a limited uh, boosted shield with the bubble shield in that sense. How many times can I say fucking shield? Oh, my God. Um, explicit <laughs> content, explicit content. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is potential there with the bubble shield. Um, as far as unique combat goes, sticky grenades like plasma grenades are an iconic mm-hmm. idea in terms of uh, evolving on the grenade as we know it in in competitive combat. On, on I imagine games. I imagine the plasma sword would be in there somewhere. Yeah, but oh yeah, the uh, the, oh, the energy iconic. sword, energy, the energy sword. sword. Sorry, uh, yeah. God, James, God, God, God. Not a big Halo person. I'm sorry. It's the energy <laughs> sword. Oh my God, you're ruining my life. Um. <laughs> Energy sword, absolutely, from a melee standpoint. And there is a mechanic, or the, the way it functions in Halo is you sort of get like this, um, if you're within a certain range, because uh, normally if you're just running around and hacking and slashing with the sword, you're sort of just like waving your arm up and down. And if anybody comes near, it's like they'll, they'll fall into that. But if you're at a certain distance, you kind of lunge and do this fluid motion strike at them. So there's definitely melee potential there with that. And then you have your just your standard assault rifle or magnum. I, I actually argue that the magnum from Halo One is a more iconic weapon, uh, just because of its its appearance, uh, its sound that plays a big role. It sounds like a freaking shotgun, and it's just a really powerful gun. So from a range standpoint, I think he would use his magnum, protect himself with a little bit extra protection using the bubble shield. There's extra range diversity with the plasma grenade, and then for melee encounters, definitely the uh, energy sword and that's that's pretty varied and not that extravagant to me while still making him a unique character and staying very much true to the core mechanics of uh, halo's combat yeah and perhaps as like a i don't really know how this would work but if if you did like a a unique ammo sort of mechanic that could be his unique thing it probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't be as big as as like 
crafting in Minecraft or like the different arms specials or anything like that. But you could probably yeah. do a lot of things that would set him apart from from like Snake or any other character with a gun. <laughs> absolutely and he has a very high jump jump as well so uh Mm -hmm. no no like jetpacks or anything like that but he i don't know what he would do for recovery i mean i guess with halo infinite there's a grapple hook now so i mean sadly we'll have to see that in 2021 but anyways um there is a grapple hook there maybe they use that for uh recovering on the edge there um but yeah master chief god i've wanted him almost not quite as much but almost as much as as banjo kazooie i got banjo kazooie so i I count it as a blessing already i don't expect master chief but i also definitely don't count him out fully so very interesting to see where that could go fair enough and it is Um, your turn for your i guess your final want my last want i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because i don't i don't really think she'll make it in and i don't really know how she'd work that uniquely but um, Lara Croft is a like a mm-hmm. huge character. Like Tomb Raider is a big franchise. A lot like most people know what that is. Uh, maybe thanks to Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, like just based on the name alone and and the the franchise alone, I think that she would make a fun character. I'm not really sure how she would work. I had a trouble thinking of a recovery. I guess it would just be like the a grapple axe from from the new games probably um and you'd use a bow and i don't know i don't really know dual wield guns but like i just think in in terms of the character she's pretty big character she could be in she could fit right in I could I could see her, especially in terms of her acrobatics and athletic ability. I could see her in a in a uh, zero suit Samus kind of vibe in terms yeah, of play, maybe. playing function. I could a yeah. lot of back flips and high jumps. Yeah, um, like obviously you'd have cool you'd have to have the dual wield pistols and stuff. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, definitely, that's that's yeah, great that's, represent that's, representation that's, for history in gaming, and also a female rep, which is yeah, which is exactly. awesome. Um, yeah. That's all I, I really have to say on her. Like I, 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 I do really like her games and and her character, but it's it's just one of those ones where I'm not sure how she would fit in, mm-hmm. even though I do really want her. So yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. Well, well, that said, I'll move into my final want slash my first expect character because it truly is one I want and I I fully expect mm-hmm. even even more to me because of uh, some certain events that came out recently, even more than a Xenoblade 2 rep. And that is the playable character, the Monster Hunter. Like who you are in the Monster Hunter series of games. It's a, it's a customizable character in terms of appearance, but you are still like, you know, a Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, much, much like how you have a villager from Animal Crossing in Smash, you would have Monster Hunter. Um, I think this is think very likely that a little, but yes, I get it. <laughs> well, I'm just, just, I don't know. So, cause especially if somebody hasn't played monster hunter, yeah, you know, I, know, I know. want to make that concrete. Um, yeah. but I think I would, I want it because one of my favorite games of this generation is monster hunter world. Uh, I played a little bit of monster hunter, monster hunter Four ultimate. I think the name is the name's got a little bit crazy for me on the three DS. Really enjoyed that. Um, 
But now the Nintendo Switch in March of next year, March 26, is going to be getting a brand new mainline entry in Monster Hunter called Monster Hunter Rise, as we've talked about in a previous episode. And there's also going to be Monster Hunter Stories 2 in the summer of next year. So there's a, a doubling down on Monster Hunter content specifically on the Switch coming within the next year. And what better time and what better kind of character to implement in Smash Brothers for marketing purposes, but also because just the franchise as a whole is growing globally uh, than Monster Hunter. I think there's a lot you could do, um, especially with the Rise version. There seems to be kind of a, a grappling hook firefly that you have. Uh, in terms of traversal that you can use to kind of pull yourself up in the air repeatedly. So there's a lot of uh, aerial movement op- options there. Very unique and large, large, almost cloud-like, uh, from cloud from Final Fantasy VII, cloud-like weapons that you have as a monster hunter, uh, traps that you can lay. I, I think there's tons of potential here, and I absolutely think it's going to be one of the new fighters. Uh, I will just note that we did talk about Monster Hunter, but it was in the Lost episode. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that ties into when I was talking about false memories before. Oh, my yeah. God. This is getting meta, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, OK, so fair point. That, and then I will also note that uh, uh, Monster Hunter is represented in Smash already. This I'm not saying this to say that Monster Hunter yeah. will be a character, but Rathalos is in uh, in Smash as a boss and an assist trophy. So, yeah. And I also kind entirely- of a stage, kind of. A story stage for monster, kind of. Well, that's that's the boss, like the boss. Yeah, I, I know, I know, stage. but yeah, yeah. but there's. I'm just I'm pointing out all the assets because I want this to happen. Sure. I think it's yeah, gonna no, happen. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah. So so, Monster Hunter's already in Smash. They could add more very easily. Capcom and and Nintendo are pretty good working relationship nowadays. Uh, they got a lot of characters in Smash already. So mm-hmm. why not add another one? Yeah. And uh, I, I will throw in, I've already gone over the mechanics pretty much, uh, like, but there's range weapons, there's massive lumbering two-handed swords and axes and stuff and hammers, which would function pretty similarly. Uh, but also, if you wanted to throw in some sort of uh, supplementary secondary uh, character that could help you out in battle, you have Palicos, which are basically like these cat-like figures that that do a lot of work and help you out a lot in the Monster Hunter series. And there's also a new dog version of a Palico being introduced in Monster Hunter Rise. So there's definitely kind of a, a duck hunt sort of thing you could go for with that. I'll I'll take the dog, please. Not the cat. Yes. The cat can stay away. <laughs> I, I'm not a cat person either, but I do like Palicos. They're very handy. Um, so that there's tons of potential there. For all the reasons, the external reasons I pointed out, I think it's very likely, honestly. I think we could see it at the end of this year or early next year, uh, a Monster Hunter character slash, you know, the Monster Hunter. Um, yeah, that's my first, my my last pick on my want list, but the first pick on my expect list. So with that said, who would you expect to be in Smash? Okay, so really I have a couple, but really the only one that I actually fully expect and i'm like 99 percent confident on is i think we're gonna get another pokemon mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, like a pokemon from gen 8 because like it's it's the biggest thing in gaming like one of the biggest franchises in the world like mm-hmm. i know there's already how many seven eight nine characters maybe nine characters in already but it's pokemon like 
I, I'm, I would just be surprised if they let another generation go by without like while they're doing DLC, they let this go by mm. without adding another Pokemon character. And uh, as for who it could be, um, it could be any one of the starter final starter evolutions. Personally, I would like uh, the grass final Rillaboom. Uh, I think that would be the most interesting out of all of them. Um, yeah. And we don't have any, we only have Ivysaur as a grass Pokemon. I think uh, grass doesn't get its fair shake. Um, I agree. There are a lot of cool grass types. Uh, so yeah, Rillaboom could be cool using the drum, big monkey with a drum. Be pretty fun. I like monkeys. I like drums, you know, Rillaboom was my uh, starter Pokemon in, in Sword and Shield. I love Rillaboom. I actually picked Inteleon, but uh, I know you don't really like that. Which Pokemon. I, I won't even get started on that. Yeah, I could devote a whole fine. episode to Inteleon hatred. That's fine. I grew to love Inteleon. Well, maybe not love, but I grew to like Inteleon <laughs> and I like, yeah, I, I like Cinderace as well. Uh, but Cinderace is good. Yeah. Out of the three, I think, uh, Rillaboom would be the most unique and the Hell most yeah. interesting. Absolutely. But uh, outside of that, I'd say Toxicity is probably a viable good one. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Electric Poison type, which is a really cool typing. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a punk rocker, basically. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. you can do a lot of interesting things with like sound waves and and like poison effects. I just, I, I don't know. I think they could work pretty well. Um, and they've got a Gigantamax form. There's no like Dynamaxing or Gigantamaxing in Smash yet. So that could be added for sure. Maybe with a new Pokemon for his final mm-hmm. Smash. But yeah, like I just don't think that that we're going to skip over this generation. I don't think we're going to not have another Pokemon. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. And and Pokemon play a vital role in not just Nintendo and, and gaming, obviously, because of the, the, the magnitude of that franchise, but also in Smash itself. There's a lot of Pokemon already, and they are quite all unique, you know, so I, I totally see that happening. I don't I don't think it would get a lot of hate for having another Pokemon rep because there's so many of them and there's so many types and so many unique qualities to them physically and personality wise that I think it's it's, it's a great option still. I think they would get a lot of hate, but I still think it would okay, happen. Yeah. And I think okay. it's, Especially because of be, Gen 8 itself. Yeah, I think it would be better than, it's better than, oh, another Fire Emblem character, you know? Because they're <laughs> visually, yeah. as much as I like, I do like Byleth and I do think they were a good inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the way that all the Fire Emblem characters look, there's a lot of blue haired anime style swordsmen. Like that is... yeah. I think a kind of valid complaint. The, just the solely, meme has some truth. <laughs> solely based on the way that they look. I think that's a valid a valid complaint. Um, Definitely. But exactly. With Pokemon, like they all look so different. They're all very unique. Uh, a grass starter would be different. A uh, poison type would be different. I know we have electric on there already, but I think if they focused on the poison part, uh, that would be different enough. Yeah. And I don't think there's really... There's not really many characters that have like a, a damage over time mechanic. 
Mm-hmm. So that could be an interesting addition. Like you have Jigglypuff can put like flowers on heads. Uh, Inkling can cover people in paint to make, to cause more damage to them. But I don't know if there's any, I don't know if you can poison someone over time without them staying in one area, like the piranha plant uh, smoke cloud, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that could be an interesting thing. It, it could get Definitely. broken, but you know, yeah, could be fun. Um, the next character that I expect that a lot of people don't expect, but a lot of people want. And uh, on the topic of, uh, you know, I guess briefly mentioning their anime swordsman, I present to you who I expect to be in the game, an anime Keyblade man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Sora from Kingdom Hearts. I, I won't go into details. I have not played any Kingdom Hearts games. I just fucking have no interest in playing. Kingdom Hearts games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I totally recognize its importance. I love how beloved it is, and on paper what it presents. I just can't follow it, and I don't want to put in the investment to catch up with it. I'm just personally not interested. But I think I I expect Sora because even though there you know hasn't been too much uh, Kingdom Hearts presence on the Switch so far, uh, that's going to be fixed with like a peripheral game, kind of like a rhythm game. Um, there's been a lot of kingdom hearts games and uh, like 2.8s or whatever the hell on like the DS system and the 3DS system. And, uh, Sora hat brings forth an interesting challenge that a lot of people fairly, fairly bring up, which is licensing problems. Uh, kingdom hearts is a square Enix property, but also a Disney property because of all, you know, Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald Duck and all those people that get included and thrown into this Kingdom Hearts world. Um, But the reason why I still expect him is because one, he is so heavily requested. Two, I won't go into details on what his moveset would be because I have no fucking idea since I haven't played the games, but I, I imagine it would be very unique. And three, to anybody saying licensing would be a problem, Take one step back, look at the already present character selection screen in Smash Ultimate and go, yeah, this is a giant metaphorical middle finger to licensing challenges. If anyone could pull it off, it's Sakurai. Like, it, it, I really do. I don't think it, it it is something to include and it is something to question, but I don't think it is a massive barrier truly a massive barrier for the for the kind of game and the kind of developers we're talking about here so sora for sure i do i do agree with that and i'm in the same boat as you like i haven't really played i think i played a bit of kingdom hearts 2 with a friend uh i Mm. think i we played in like the the hundred acre woods section i think nice and the lion king section maybe um i had some fun at the time but looking at the game now like kingdom hearts 3 it just looked like (laughs) a lot to keep track of in terms of the actual gameplay but also the gameplay looked like just pressing the x button over and over again and it didn't look that fun to me again no hate to anyone who likes it that's you know good for you uh just not for me Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i i just don't know about the whole disney thing because it's disney like that's like that we're talking about other video game companies with everything else like that's reasonable Mm -hmm. you can get around that but like i think a barrier is that nintendo has kind of thrown their lot in with universal and 
theme parks, they're making a Mario movie with uh, Illumination, which is owned by Universal. So to then turn around and go to to Disney for something, I just I don't really know if that would happen. So I'm kind of questioning that one. But at the same time, I do recognize how big of a character Sora is and how big of a get that would be. And I know how requested he is. So I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I think I don't know if I think it's that likely. And that's fair. And uh, I've pretty much said all I need to say or, or think about Sora and, and why he would be in Smash and why I think he actually would be good for Smash. But uh, I'll, I'll just finish off my Sora section here by saying uh, one reason to encapsulate why I don't think I will ever get into Kingdom Hearts. Uh, in the lead up to Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts 3's release, much anticipated and long-awaited release, uh, there was a very devoted fan who took the time to play through all the mainline games, all the offshoot games, which is many of them, collect all the incredibly complicated and convoluted lore and story structure that comes with that, created a what I think is a multi-hour recap in anticipation of Kingdom Hearts 3, okay, got millions of views on YouTube, and it was all verified by other experts on the game. So then he played Kingdom Hearts 3. And Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposedly a game that rewards people like him. If you paid attention to everything, we will, it'll be, it'll pay off. This will be for you, truly. He got through the game. People asked for his opinion. He didn't even make a video on it. He just said, I made a two-hour documentary on what you need to know about Kingdom Hearts 3, and I don't even fucking know what just happened in Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> so, so there you go. Mechanic. Sora's unique mechanic would be convoluted <laughs> storytelling? Confusion. <laughs> confusion. Yeah. Confusion. Yeah. Stun the enemies into confusion and going, what? Why would you do? <laughs> sure. You know, it's thrown out, of the, thrown out of the stage all of a sudden. So that's what I will say on Kingdom Hearts and Sora being in Smash. James? Who do you next expect to be in the fighter pass? Okay. I think we share a final one. Uh, yep. And that is uh, crash bandicoot. Um, I have never played a crash game. I played a crash racing game on the GameCube. That's it. Mm. Uh, but he's just, he's, he's had such a comeback recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, crash four came out today. Um, yeah. I just think he would be like, he's just an obvious choice to me. I know a lot of people are saying it, but I don't know. I I really don't have that much to say about him. I just, I just kind of expect it. Yeah. And what, like you said, we both share this prediction. Uh, I will say one thing from my end, I actually, it probably, even though I do expect him to be in, I was probably overconfident before the game even came out. When we, when James and I were living together uh, back in university, I actually said like, I care. I was like aggressively like, I fucking guarantee you crash will be in smash. It just makes sense. Oh my God. For all these reasons, uh, those rhymes, reasons being it rhymes <laughs> crash and smash. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, you know, crash comes up to wombat. <laughs> Or no, he's not a wombat. He's a bandicoot. What am I talking about? You you can still use that pun. Why not? Oh my God. Anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) the crash 
Remastered Trilogy is on the Switch. Crash Racing, uh, either I think that's a remaster or a new entry, whatever. Yeah, it was, it's on it the was Switch. Yeah. So there's already precedent set there with Crash uh, 4, his presence. Crash 4 is probably going to be on Switch at some point. It's Yeah, it's Xbox One and PS4 right now, but probably going to be on the Switch. And also, you want more gaming history? Guess what? It was literally Mario versus Crash. Mario yeah. versus Crash versus exactly. whoever at... It, it, it is iconic, an absolutely iconic platforming mascot battle of the 90s. To have Crash come full circle back in this way would be just chef's kiss perfect. It just makes sense in too many ways for me. Yeah, and it's it's like the closest thing you can get to a Sony rep without it actually being a Sony rep. So that would be a exactly. cool thing too. But yeah, it's, uh, I think it's pretty likely. Uh, for all the reasons you said, like th- there were all those commercials, like with Crash standing outside Nintendo headquarters with a with a megaphone, like all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's just he stands against like Sonic and Mario and and Pac Man. Like, just imagine a fight with those four and Mega Man. Like all five of those characters icons against each other like that's so cool to yeah think about. the last thing i'll say about crash is is as far as his quote worthiness of being in smash he he strikes the perfect balance there's enough rich history to be uh, to serve as a valuable reference point in discussion and yet he's still so relevant today and it's just perfect balance why not yeah but also you don't even need worthiness to be in smash i know really. that's why i said quote unquote unquote i know i know i know but like you look at like rob like he's not much of a character really yeah i love i love his inclusion but like yeah it's not an icon really anyway yeah i think crash is pretty likely so that's uh yeah. i think that's the end of our our predictions yeah that that's uh this week's news spawned a big conversation there and uh we've gotten who we want and who do we who we want slash expect and who we you know who we think's going to be in the game uh and that's all pretty exciting uh but james i'll just leave off here i won't go into too much detail on what i'm playing this week because there's a lot so yeah, I'm, i saw your list <laughs> no, normally yeah so i normally i would take the episode here and just go hey james what are you playing this week uh i'm not gonna do that because i'm what i'm gonna do is i'm going to very quickly list off and explain very briefly all in one go what i'm playing this week and then throw it to james starting with starting with uh by the way this is uh sort of eagerness induced uh, mass consumption of different games that I feel like I need to catch up on before the next gen comes out. Um, starting with God of War 2018 on the PlayStation 4. Uh, a lot of people call it a game of the generation up there with your Breath of the Wilds, your Red Dead 2s and all that stuff. And I've never played a God of War game before. I know maybe that's sacrilegious to some people, but just never interested me until this uh, franchise took a massive change in tone and in gameplay style. Uh, the next is uh, a very interesting game called Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds, which is it's often confused with, but Outer Wilds, uh, which is an indie game uh, widely celebrated for its very, very interesting and unique approach to narrative storytelling uh, and the way that you, you don't just experience the narrative, you truly play the narrative and and you, you sort of travel around as this sole, isolated, alone explorer from planet to planet uh, 
piecing together these narrative puzzles that lead you towards your end goal and you don't figure out your end goal until you reach it and you, you're, you're piecing together what you're after. Super intriguing. I played it at one point for a while, put it back down, but I've come back to it and it just clicked with me finally. I am fucking loving that game. Uh, the next is another one that I didn't expect to love as much as I'm loving right now. The Final Fantasy VII Remake. Probably the most gorgeous game I've ever seen potentially in terms of pure graphical fidelity presentation uh the lighting and the particles in this game are fantastic and also it's an iconic game final fantasy 7 i never played the original i'm confessing a lot of terrible video game sins right now but i have all i have all the same sins as you (laughs) but i'm making amends i'm trying to make amends with this right so I am loving Final Fantasy VII Remake so much more than I thought I would. The combat has strikes a great balance between sort of a, a, a more timely, turn-based, classic JRPG feel, but with a little bit more uh, fluid action flexibility, and it's fantastic. Can't wait to keep playing that. Uh, we talked about this last week. Unfortunately, won't be able to go into the same kind of detail, but Mario 3D All-Stars, I'm a weird person. I didn't start at 64, then Sunshine and Galaxy. I'm doing uh, Sunshine for now. First, because I was most excited for that as a kid. Uh, Fight me all you want. I think Sunshine's a fantastic game. I'm 50 Shine Sprites in. So that's my status on Mario 3D All-Stars. And then here's a random one, but I anticipated for a long time. The very Breath of the Wild-esque, which is uh, uh, now fondly referred to as Breath of the Waifu, which (laughs) is the free-to-play Genshin Impact. It's free-to-play? I didn't know that. It is free-to-play. It, it does have a gotcha mechanic, which is like, you know, you can buy loot boxes that give you different characters oh, yeah, and weapons and stuff. But from uh, reviews of it so far, it is very fair. It is truly not necessary to win and to get better. This is a uh, single-player or multiplayer co-op uh, narrative experience, a, a massive open-world RPG, very much in the vein of Breath of the Wild, but I will give a credit, differs itself in many ways from Breath of the Wild as well. It is fucking stunning as well. The art direction on this is gorgeous. Um, I'm having fun with it, and I'm looking forward to see how well they could pull off this uh, free-to-play massive offering without it feeling exploitive and hopefully not necessary to purchase anything, but sort of uh, keep my attention regardless. That's what I've been playing this week. I can't believe I've been playing that much this week. Hey, James, what are you playing this week? (laughs) I can't either. You usually have one game to bring to the table. Meanwhile, I've got three. I've only got two this week. (laughs) So It's uh, It's not about quantity. It's not about quantity. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I'd heard about, uh, Outer Wilds. Uh, that one sounded fun. I've obviously heard about all the other ones too. I did not know Genshin Impact was free to play. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, I have also been playing Mario 3D All-Stars. Uh, I finished 64, uh, all 120 stars the other week or the weekend, I think. Nice. Uh, I had a great time with that. Uh, the camera was quite annoying, but I got over it. Um, and I think I talked about I did talk about this last week. I, I'll just say that I think the end of the game is a lot weaker than the than the front half of the game, but it's still a whole it's still a lot of fun all the way through. And mm-hmm. uh, I started Sunshine. I'm thrown off by the I didn't think it would bother me, but the fact that the the water controls aren't inverted 
is bugging me a lot mm, it, it bugged me too it, it hit me hard too like, i, was I like, just oh, had that man. yeah because like i i had just had that moment of sunshine where it was like oh it clicked like i'm back here i know what i'm doing and then i just was missing completely with the the water gun yeah so i kind of miss having the gamecube controller but it's still fun it's still uh the movement is still pretty great um i'm not super far in yet and i'm not super into it yet um I think I've had some issues with my controller maybe not being f- properly connected to or like not transmitting properly. Maybe mm. something was in the way because I had a few button prompts that just weren't happening and it caused me to die a few times. Uh, so maybe yeah. if I play on handheld, I'll, I'll feel a little differently. I've played but, only yeah. only handheld this whole okay. thing so far and I love it. So uh, yeah, I'll uh, keep you posted on that. Um, but the game that I've been uh, pretty obsessed with for the past uh week and a half two weeks has been hades we mentioned it in the last episode that was actually recorded um nice but yeah i i actually got it and oh my god it's it's so good man is it is it a game of the year contender like so many so honestly i do think so like it's captured my i played 20 hours already over 20 hours already um i haven't had a successful run yet uh but it's it's a blast like the narrative the way the narrative works like you're always getting new tidbits of story or of like of of lore and background uh even if you die it's a roguelike for those who don't know it's a roguelike Mm -hmm. you're you're uh the son of hades the god of the underworld and you're trying to escape from the underworld uh for reasons so you are helped out along the way by the gods of Olympus. They give you boons that grant you different abilities um, that'll only last. Like they're randomized, so they'll only last for the run that you're on. And if you die, you lose them and you get new ones when you start again. Um, but just the way that it, it's not like a lot of other roguelikes I've played. Well, I haven't played that many, but it's not like other ones where you don't lose everything when you die you just lose the abilities that you get the money that you had Mm. and some like weapon upgrades basically but anything like current there's a lot of different currencies that you get but you keep them you don't lose them you're not forced to spend them at any point except for like just regular gold so it makes progressing a lot easier and this this game just it's made it's a good take on roguelikes because it still has the things that make a roguelike a unique genre, mm-hmm. but it's made it a lot more accessible. I think to a lot of people, like I've seen so many people playing this game that wouldn't normally I play, I think mainly because of the fact that it's based on Greek mythology, but there's, it's just so easy to get sucked into it and the gameplay loop is is a lot of fun it's like really fast paced isometric uh hack and slash kind of gameplay uh the weapon variety like you get there's six different weapons to choose from they all feel different uh and then you can upgrade them to have different attack modes like different aspects is what they're called Oh, so many things about this game. I'm just loving it so much. And yeah, it absolutely, I would say it's a game of the year contender for me. And I just, yeah. I 
I've purchased Hades because it was on a 20% deal when it launched and I've bought it. haven't played it yet, but I, I know I'm going to. And I just want to say that along with the absolute rave reviews that are coming along with Hades, it's just, it's so exciting to see what I believe is an indie developer in super giant games yeah. sort of. Uh, I, I know this is a roguelike and it does differ from their previous entries of a uh, you know, transistor and bastion empire, but they seem to be almost like the owners of, of the isometric action game. Like they, they have m- d- developed this sort of catalog uh, from this, a similar perspective, again, that isometric view, and they just have a signature now and they've really cemented themselves. Y- you could argue that they already cemented themselves with that signature with transistor and bastion, but, they put they capped it off with Hades, it seems like. And I think that's super exciting to see in an indie developer uh, that yeah, had a lot just, of struggles through uh, development of Bastion and Transistor. I, I just this is such an exciting collection of games from a singular uh, developer with uh, with a unique vision. Yeah, and just just the fact that an indie roguelike is getting this much attention and is so mm-hmm. popular is just fantastic. Like, I love that it's topping charts like it's been at the one of the higher marks at uh on the eShop. i think only being beaten out by 3d all-stars mm-hmm. but it's just it's just great to see like an indie game get this much attention and and especially one that's this good <laughs> Well, James, I think that about does it for us. And uh, even though we uh, got a little screwed over on the recording last week, we made up for it by this being our longest recording episode so far. A lot of stuff to talk about. I'm super excited to see how Smash is going to turn out. Uh, And I just want to say thank you to everybody tuning in to this episode. Uh, And apologies once again for uh, sort of skipping a week and having a little mishap there with the recording of uh, episode four. But we're going to call this one episode four and move on, move along. You can find the logbook on pretty much all platforms except Apple Podcasts just yet. I'm still waiting to hear back on that. But uh, we'll we'll, we'll let it be known in an episode as soon as that happens Uh, from James and I. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Thank you.